Now's the time to tell tales of the unaccountable. Where am I? And how can I leave? Where's my axe? I'm hungry! What happened? I don't know. Uh, Sheriff Truman just brought her in from Glastonbury Grove. Nineteen eighty-nine. Hey, handsome. It's your little party girl. The downer you are. Laxative. Stay. This one's coming from J. Edgar. Hello. Hello. Yes, more lost in time, David Bowie. What the fuck was that? <laughs> the show's never had special effects before. <laughs> That's the part I wanted your reaction to. Alright, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Welcome to Pulp Nightmare. I'm Mike. And I'm Hero. Just tell tell them what I just watched. Okay, we had a shocking development in the world of cult television today. The, it was announced today that the Twin Peaks Blu-ray that's going to be released in July the 29th is going to have both uh, the complete series of Twin Peaks along with the Twin Peaks movie Fire Walk With Me, which, if you've never seen before, is it's basically David Lynch's heel turn – Lynch became went from being like a guy who did things like Twin Peaks and Blue Velvet to just a guy who made nightmares for a living. Like, it is one of the most insane, frustratingly nonsensical movies ever made. And apparently the original cut of the movie is four hours long and contains every single character from the show. It's basically a third season of Twin Peaks as a movie. Except it was a prequel. <laughs> Somehow. With a prequel and a sequel. Oh yeah, there is some time travel elements going on that, doesn't, that don't matter. Because it's David Lynch. Uh, well, this this missing 90 minutes of the movie has always been considered lost. Like, David Lynch ate it at some point, like he was fucking dollar hide. <laughs> oh, I want to know your secrets. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh... 
this Blu-ray of Firewalk With Me and Twin Peaks will contain the complete cut of Firewalk With Me, the Log Lady edition. And there will be a pulp commentary for this, I'm sure. Yes, the first four-hour pulp commentary. (laughs) Because it needs to fucking happen. Now, along with this announcement came a trailer, a feature-length two-minute trailer that previews some of the deleted scenes. <laughs> Which comes across like a trailer for the th- a non-existent third season or something. I, I don't really have anything to add. I, I, I can't describe to you what is on this trailer. <laughs> it's like, the fucked up thing is, this is what I love about Twin Peaks, or Watching that, you would say, no, that's just a bunch of stuff out of context. I'm sure there's no context for any of that. I'm sure in the movie, when we finally watch it, it'll just cut to that random shit happening. Why was Laura vibrating (laughs) and looking at nothing? It's like, you see Andy and Hawk. I'm so glad that Hawk is going to be in this movie, (laughs) by the way. And Truman all just staring at each other. Which I'm sure is going to be the sum total of their scene. Why was Leland walking like Frankenstein? Uh, uh, <laughs> yeah, there's fucking Leland Palmer stomping around saying, I'm going to get my axe because I'm hungry. For no reason. I. <laughs> then you have Bobby ripping open a bag of cocaine <laughs> saying, Laxatives! Shit! Then throwing a big Bobby tantrum while he throws laxative cocaine everywhere. God damn it, Bobby Briggs. Stop being compelling even in trailer form. <laughs> <laughs> and the thing that blew my mind, even more, time-tripping David Bowie. Can, okay, for those who don't know Twin Peaks, describe David Bowie from Twin Peaks Firewalk with me. He's not on the show itself. There's a like there's no real context I could give you for it because it has nothing to do with the rest of the movie. Cooper and David Lynch because David Lynch is in this movie because it wasn't weird enough. Like Cooper and David Lynch are just having a normal conversation. That all of a sudden, they see security camera footage of David Bowie walking into the building. After appearing out of nowhere? Yeah, he's just suddenly on the footage, walking towards them. Cooper starts freaking out like fucking Satan has entered the door. And all of a sudden, David Bowie walks in. And keep in mind, David Bowie is wearing a Hawaiian shirt. And? And has the most ridiculous southern accent I've ever heard. What does he once say? Again, once again, I'm convinced that David Bowie wasn't doing a southern accent. He just thinks this is how Americans sound. <laughs> and he says, I'm not going to talk about Judy. I don't want to talk about her no more. You understand? I've seen where they hold their meetings. Form like a tabletop. I think you say convenience store. They lived above it. And then it cuts to a room full of demons gathered around a Formica tabletop where a midget in red holds up a wedding ring and says backwards, With this ring, I thee wed. Then it cuts to a little boy who looks like David Lynch, whose face turns into a monkey. Then it fades back to the room 
that Cooper and David Lynch are in, and David Bowie is gone. And Cooper says, he's gone. Then Miguel Ferrer, who's also in the scene, <laughs> puts down a phone and says, he was never here. And then the rest of the movie <laughs> keeps going, as if that scene never happened. And Cooper is not a factor in the rest of the series, in the rest of the movie either. We just know that David Bowie exists and that he doesn't want to talk about Judy. He doesn't want to talk about her at all. So coming back to the trailer... There's more time-tripping David Bowie. The first shot is just him with his head on a table, crying. The second... It's the most amazing thing I've ever seen. (laughs) This is why I immediately sent a text to Mike telling him he cannot watch this until I get on Skype with him. Because we have to record an episode of Pulp Nightmare immediately afterwards. There's a... Okay. There's a staircase. A crack of lightning. A blast of energy. And suddenly... Twin Peaks David Bowie is there, screaming, ah! I, I swear he had fangs. Do you, you, you get the impression he had fangs? I just... Uh, the Sovereign is real. <laughs> this is his secret origin. Oh! And then he just cuts to a close-up of him continuing to scream. <laughs> it's like... Did they add special effects? <laughs> Twin Peaks was not a show with special effects. It's like, did David Lynch pull pull a George Lucas and go back and add like fucking flash effects to it? It's like he was entering the Speed Force. Like, what the fuck was that? There was like a bolt of lightning and then crappy early '90s <laughs> video effects, and then he just appears out of his small video effect explosion, going ah. And then it cuts away to something else. Like, that doesn't even matter in the fucking trailer. How does it matter in the fucking episode? Where does that even fall in? In the movie proper, it just appears out of nowhere. Where is that coming in the fucking movie? He's on a fucking stairwell. Oh, what a fucking holiday in. Where is he? Okay. Okay, here's my theory. After he disappears in the scene with Cooper, and they say, he was never here, they cut to that, and then that's it. (laughs) (laughs) That's the only thing of David Bowie that was cut from that movie, is his exit into the stairway of hell. Oh, God. Him returning to his home world at Apocalypse. (laughs) To fucking tell Darkseid that Twin Peaks is ready for a... The invasion. He's found the anti-life equation, and it exists in fi- inside of damn fine coffee. Oh, it's donuts. Once again, the donuts are what defeat the owls. What the fuck? Why is Twin Peaks so Twin Peaks? <laughs> Why is Twin Peaks more Twin Peaks than we could have ever thought? <laughs> that trailer is the most Twin Peaks thing that's ever Twin Peaks-ed. Like, I've... I don't like the idea that I've been existing on this earth, going around, when that piece of footage has existed and no one's talked about it. Like, fuck all the other, like, six and a half hours worth of footage for that fucking thing. What is that? Why, why was that excised? What, what... Like, why of all the things in that movie that were so fucking weird, including the 
including the scene that was subtitled, despite the fact it was in English. Despite the scene where Laura walks into a seedy nightclub and someone says, Welcome to Canada. <laughs> and that is also subtitled. <laughs> I got nothing. By the way, there is not even the full trailer. We then go to an old man yelling at Josie <laughs> and saying words. Like, is he counting? I don't know. Is he asking them a question? Uh, can you mention the glasses he's wearing? Yes, he's wearing, like, Stephen King glasses. But, like, com- like comedy-sized. Like, he looks like Seth, like 80s Stan Lee. <laughs> and Pete and Josie just look confused. And they cut to Dr. Jacoby, who's, again, in this movie. It still blows my mind that a Jacoby cut exists <laughs> of Firewalk cut. With Me. There's a version of Twin Peaks Firewalk With Me where... Over the static of the opening credits, we will see, with Russ Tamblin as Dr. Jacoby, <laughs> the fucking stars of a line. The final time. It's Dr. Jacoby being pervy. There's magic. There's just a shot of Laura's father doing a close-up of magic for no reason. Oh, there's also two shots in the trailer of the midget dancing, but they're both these same exact shots. <laughs> There's also Cooper arriving at the Black Lodge and asking the man from another place where he is. And Heather Graham being admitted to a hospital. Once once again, this makes it seem like it's the third season of Twin Peaks. Okay. Going away from the shock of the trailer. That is actually kind of interesting, because Lynch did always say that the original cut of the movie was a prequel and a sequel to the movie. Other than one weird dream sequence that never really paid off. So apparently there is going to be post-season two scenes in this movie. Yep. It's very weird because it's like we're getting another Twin Peaks movie now. It, it is. And, it, I mean, it's four hours long. It, we are getting another Twin Peaks movie. If you watch it in two sittings. It would be amazing if they just had the extra footage as a separate cut. <laughs> that would be awesome. Lynch would never want something to make sense that way, though. It's kind of exciting. I don't even like Firewalk with me. <laughs> But it's exciting to see the cast, the, like, the full cast of Twin Peaks in the most psychotic movie of all time. I'm like, we're going to see Hawk in a movie. Doing Hawk stuff. with Andy. We're gonna and, see, we, we could see Hawk's girlfriend. No, we won't. Here, another question about the trip. What was the guy with super strength? <laughs> yeah, there's a guy just bending steel like Superman. And then later he was punching a guy. Like, there's a secret villain to the Twin Peaks universe. Maybe that's Hawk's girlfriend. <laughs> the only person manly enough for Hawk. Like, it's entirely possible uh, we'll see Donna's sister in this version. <laughs> no, we won't. We'll see how Laura's mother... We'll see how Donna's mother was put in that wheelchair. <laughs> like, it's entirely possible Ben Horn will appear in this movie and oh. be Norman Osborn. Oh, I hope so. And his brother will do the worm in slow motion. (laughs) (laughs) Like, it's like finding out there's more footage to Manos the Hands of Fate. It's like finding out that there's Soul Taker Part (laughs) 2. It's like the fucking Ark and the Covenant, the dinosaur fight from King Kong, the final cut of Metropolis, 
the cabal cut <laughs> of Nightbreed all rolled up into one ball of delicious crazy. Let's rock is what you're trying to say. What I'm trying to say is let's rock. I By the know. way, how, how amazing does that Twin Peaks box set look? Oh, it looks it looks a thousand times better than I expected. Looks better, than, looks better than the gold edition, which somehow looks, looks like the VHS box set of Twin Peaks. Yeah, I don't know what they were going for there. It was just like, wasn't it just green mostly? Well, there was the green version, and then there's the gold version that I think they ironically just released, which is like sixty dollars. What is this thing now? Like? Immediately obsolete. Oh, I love the idea that Twin Peaks has an official Tumblr now. Unlike the many Twin Peaks uh, blogs that I follow on Tumblr. I need my daily dose of the log, lady. I wonder how much of a sequel it's going to be, though. Will we get new Bob footage? Will we get get more evil Cooper? I don't think even David Lynch could put more Bob into the world. We don't know what Laura's vibrating towards, that's all I'm saying. What the fuck was with the vibrating? You're getting angrier and angrier, and then cutting to Leland. But they're clearly in completely two different places. Leland fucking Frankenstein walking. Just, why, David Lynch? Why would David Bowie just explode into existence? (laughs) I don't think that's how he enters every room. (laughs) He has to record a new album. It wasn't there, like, some kind of weird, like, hell lighting on his face when it went into the close-up? There was. It's totally possible he's the arch-villain of the series. Like, how fucked up would it be if... The final cut of Firewalk With Me explains Twin Peaks. <laughs> that would be the most ironic thing of all. Will it finally explain what the fuck Firewalk With Me even means? No. <laughs> Somehow it's related to David Bowie exploding into time. With this ring. <laughs> I think you say convenience store. The monkey face. I forgot about the monkey face. With little David Lynch. I really wish little David Lynch and Gordon interacted. You look like me. We've got to do. We've got to finally do the pulp commentary for Beyond Life and Death. We got to release pulp commentary for the season two premiere of Twin Peaks, which we still haven't done. Which has been over a year since we recorded it. Because we have the perfect intro, we have to record first, but we keep procrastinating. I keep asking you about it. And I keep forgetting. And MB keeps Batmaning. Hey, don't blame MB's Batmaning on this indiscretion. It's entirely possible Batman is in that final cut, by the way. Imagine David Lynch's Batman. Cooper. Oh. Hey, you got me there. This Cooper dressed as Cooper in a Batman mask. <laughs> Diane, I am the knight. Wait, didn't we do this on the Twin Peaks commentary? <laughs> <laughs> Diane. Uh, Cooper adopting a young boy. Oh yeah, Diane, I've adopted a young boy as my lord. <laughs> it's entirely possible we'll see Diane in this cut. I still I still say Diane doesn't exist. No, Diane is what he calls his tape recorder. Who do you think he sent those tapes to? Uh, he leaves them on the grave of his lost love. Laura? Uh, I think he's lost a lot of loves. I mean, he's Coop. He's a heartbreaker. I mean, he's played the game of chess and lost. I have no idea what that's supposed to mean. I just like the, once again, reminding everyone that Agent Cooper once was locked in a deadly chess game with his arch nemesis, Wendemarle. Wait, say the famous line. Wendemarle's gone off the board. 
while, st- while staring at Ted Raimi in a paper mache pawn. <laughs> because Twin Peaks, Peaks lost its shit. <laughs> this is when they introduce supervillains into the show. Yeah, that was that awkward part where after they revealed who killed Laura Palmer, they still had a show to do. <laughs> So you get a couple of episodes where the characters are literally just standing around, staring at each other. You think I'm joking. There is a scene that lasts at least 30 seconds of the characters staring at each other. And then they cut to commercial break in an episode where nothing is really happening. And Coop got, like, his badge taken away for a couple episodes. And became rustic Coop. (laughs) And got a haunted house. (laughs) Oh, yeah. I forgot about that. And was taken to, was there was an assassination attempt on his life performed by French Michael Parks because Michael Parks was dead uh, death stroke in the series. <laughs> uh, thanks to season two, though, we did get oh, cut to commercial break. <laughs> Josie being trapped inside of a doorknob, never being brought up again. Do you think <laughs> we'll see? Jo- do you think we'll see Josie trapped in the lodge? <laughs> No, Josie. I keep insisting Josie is not trapped in the lodge. She's trapped in that doorknob. <laughs> I'm still curious. Where the fuck was that storyline going? It happened like midway through season two and never got brought up again. I want to see Twin Peaks season three so badly. With Evil Coop just killing everyone. And have it take place in real time all these years later. Remember that was the premise for the uh, fake Twin Peaks movie that was rumored to be happening a while back. I remember we're going to meet uh, Bob Coop in prison after he murdered the entire cast of Twin Peaks. That would have been awesome. It'd be like uh, House of Reanimator. It's good. You're saying House of Reanimator wouldn't be good? Zombie President William H. Macy? Oh, I'm sorry. I meant beyond Reanimator when he was uh. It is entirely possible that the footage that David Lynch recently filmed for this set just... Finishes the show. Like Cooper just, just Cooper just walks into a room and says, "Hey, remember when I was possessed by Bob? And I'm not now." <laughs> that would be the Twin Peaks way to enter to end the show. They start having coffee and they discuss what happened in seasons three to twelve. <laughs> like it's like the final scene of Pineapple Express. So I remember when. <laughs> that's, I remember when there was that explosion and everyone died. Then uh, Ben Horn thought that he was uh, a mountain man for a couple of years. And a Civil War soldier. Do you think David Bowie will be in the new footage David Lynch filmed? Yes. Do you think that was from from it? <laughs> David Bowie is ageless. God, I, I, I really hope the screaming goes on for like ten minutes. It's David Lynch, so it's possible. And then cuts away to something completely different. God, imagine Sherilyn Finn showing up with, like, half of her face burned off, wanting revenge. <laughs> so now I'm just imagining uh, a Breaking Bad crossover <laughs> with Twin Peaks. That's that's where that's where Jesse was driving. <laughs> I'm going to a small town, bitch. Live that easy life. Jesse becomes part of the bookhouse, boys. <laughs> Something evil in those woods, bitch. <laughs> yeah, mysticism, bitch. I'm his best friends with Hawk. Him and Hawk would get along. 
No, Andy. General Briggs starts driving him around places. <laughs> uh, gets him to join the military with him. God, could you imagine Bobby and Jesse interacting? <laughs> staring at each other through prison bars. They start doing the mirror thing when one moves his hand, the other moves his hand. <laughs> he smokes a cigar and walks around. God, that's the show I want to watch. Jesse Pinkman and Bobby Briggs going Becoming around the, the country. lords of Twin Peaks. <laughs> Oh, God, they go around the country writing wrongs, selling meth and cocaine. And Rex Why was he saying any of that? So why are we getting more insight into the criminal underbelly of Twin Peaks via Bobby Briggs? Before he became Lex Luthor in season two. <sighs> Walking around with his suit like he's better than everybody. Well, I'd like to think that this extended cut will also have the SNL Twin Peaks sketch. <laughs> God, I hope so. Chris Farley just tossing his hair back and forth. That SNL sketch was an incredibly accurate parody. That's the most accurate parody of anything I've ever seen. Where it was just an episode of Twin Peaks condensed into like three minutes. Twin Peaks exists in this weird universe where it's... Both a complete parody of itself, but also seems genuine, and is more genuine than anything that's ever been on television. Let me just give us the commentary. Remember the first episode where it was incredibly sincere and not weird at all? <laughs> Super dramatic. They loved that little girl so much. By the end of the season, they were battling Bob. And invading Canada. Yeah, there's an episode of Twin Peaks <laughs> where Kyle MacLachlan invades Canada to take down French Michael Parks. Well, no, he well he does he, that too, but he was invading a whorehouse <laughs> to save Audrey Horn, and then at the last minute Hawk shows up with throwing knives, with his Native American superpowers, and he does stuff. It's a weird, it's a weird, great show. Twenty Peaks is the greatest show I've ever seen, even when it gets bad. And Twenty Peaks ending on that cliffhanger has always been terribly appropriate for Twin Peaks. I was, I was thinking about the other day. Now, I was kind of depressed that they're not doing anything with the show 20 years later, but at the same time, because Twin Peaks ended like that, it's going to live forever. It's like with Eraserhead. If anyone understood Eraserhead, no one would care about it. It's the fact that it's a, a question without an answer. that That's why it's going to live forever. Arguably, the makers of Kids in the Hall understand Eraserhead. I'm sure they do. Kids in the Hall was basically David Lynch's comedy series. <laughs> More sausages. We'll watch that sketch now. <laughs> I've been, and now at this point, we're just giving you a peek behind the curtain and talking shop. <laughs> I haven't told you the idea for the podcast I have, where MB and I watch. Every episode of Twin Peaks with Matt. And then we, as soon as the episode's over, we start the recorder and get his immediate first reaction to it. Matt's never seen Twin Peaks? No. That seems like such a Matt show. I know. What the fuck is all this owl bullshit? That hawk really speaks to me. What the fuck's this mean? Owls ain't what they seem. The fucking owls. <laughs> they twist a head around and shit. They go who? What the owls goddamn fuck, fuck is Garmin Boza? Why does David Bowie not feel like talking about Judy? Who's Judy? That's what I want to know. Parentheses, pain and suffering. 
Oh god, Matt fucking watching Firewalk with me. I was very befuddled to find out that Merce is a huge Twin Peaks fan, but has only seen the first two or three episodes. <laughs> Not the but has had the box set forever. So she has no idea that the show gets weird. So she loves Twin Peaks, but hasn't seen Twin Peaks. Like, actually seen Twin Peaks become Twin Peaks. She's a big fan of the feature-length pilot. Like, she, she, has she not even gone to the dream yet? No, that's at the end of episode three. Oh, my God. I did tell her my theory that Diane was secretly the tape recorder, and she got angry at me because I think she actually thought I was spoiling something. <laughs> I just thought she was going to be really invested with the romance between Coop and <laughs> Diane. To be fair, it's Twin Peaks, so that could have happened at any point. I could see Coop, you know, having a romantic candlelight dinner with his tape recorder. I mean, there is a scene at the end of the show where Kyle MacLachlan and Billy Zane talk about love by a fireplace. <laughs> it was inappropriate going out for that character. Both of them. God, could you imagine Billy Zane showing up in Firewalk with me? <laughs> Looking like Lex Luthor now. <laughs> I'm back. Just his plane lands and he just steps out dramatically. Uh, with Two-Face Audrey Horn. That would be all, that would be a great way to play as Audrey's been in a coma for all these years. Billy Zane's been paying for her medical bills. He's been by her side the entire time. <laughs> Pete's just crying because he believes in true love. They CGI Pete. Amazing if they did like creepy Tron Legacy Pete, just going around saying Josie because that's the only lines they decide to use for him. I mean, at this point, they could make a third season out of Twin Peaks just from alternate takes. Once again, I'm perfectly okay with a two-minute clip <laughs> of Coop coming in, sitting down, talking to the camera, <laughs> and say, "I'm not possessed by Bob anymore." You joke, but that's kind of how Lost ended. <laughs> there actually is a five-minute featurette on the Lost DVD where Ben Linus just walks up to two guys and explains mysteries of the island to them. It's kind of amazing. How are more shows to do that? And once again, somehow they make it work. <laughs> oh, God. Twin Peaks. All these years later, still delivering. Uh, that's the gift that keeps on giving Coop. I want halfway through this recording to MB just to burst, explode into existence. Oh, oh Batman! <laughs> and explode out like, what the fuck was that? <laughs> All of a sudden, my door swings open, then MB walks through there. I don't want to talk about Batman. <laughs> I don't want to talk about him at all. <laughs> I've seen where DC has their meetings. <laughs> Ooh, 52. I think you say retcon. <laughs> it disappears. Miguel Ferrer's there. He was MB ever here. MB starts to say, with this ring, I thee wed. Dan Didio stops him. <laughs> uh, comic book fan humor. Like at this point, we've alienated our entire audience and just made a show for MB. <laughs> <laughs> So it's appropriate we end on a Dan Dio note. Before we leave, though. Yes. Hero, you and I have started a podcast. We have. An epic podcast. Explain to the good people folks listening at home what the podcast is. 
we have recorded the first introductory episode of Hercules versus the Podcast. In Hercules versus the Podcast, each episode, Mike will explain a facet of mythology to me while I act like a jackass and make fun of it. So far, the first episode has lived up to that uh, premise swimmingly, especially the me being a jackass part. I learned so much about Hercules and boobs. And the galaxy. Where can you find that fine episode? You can find that on HerculesVersusThePodcast.blogspot.com. And as soon as we get a second episode out, it will be on iTunes. Yes, I'm working on creating a feed for it uh, as we speak. And hopefully it will be on iTunes too. So keep watching that space. And it's versus with a VS, right? Yes. Yes. And of course you can like us on Facebook. Always like us on Facebook. Yes. Now remember to check out Hercules versus the podcast. <laughs> Good guy. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> this has been Pulp Nightmare, which you can subscribe to on iTunes as well. And the website is pulpnightmare.blogspot.com. We are also on Stitcher on Facebook, facebook.com slash pulpnightmare. And we're going to check out our other fine shows, which, if you want, go to pulppodcastnetwork.wordpress.com. And you can find all the links you need right there. As for this episode of Pulp Nightmare, I've been Mike. I don't want to talk about Judy. I don't want to talk about her at all. I've seen where they hold their meetings. For Micah Tabletop, I think you say... Convenience store. They lived above it. Hero was never here. Listen next week to another tale of the strange and terrifying. Ah, hello there. I didn't hear you come in. If we haven't met before, my name is Cody Elft. You may know me from such exciting podcasts as Box Office Pulp and Listopia a 30-part series listing all of life's lists that need to be listed. You may also know me by the following. Flexo, Flexmex, Flex Killington, Flexo Cabana, Coco, or Ears. But you're not here to learn about my love of lists and nicknames. Instead, you've come to hear about the next dynamic podcast from the Pulp Podcast Network. I haven't personally listened to this new podcast, but as its producer, I am contractually obligated to inform you about how gosh darn fantastic it is. And boy is it. I can only assume it makes 4th of July fireworks in Washington, D.C. look like a cow's cut draped in a second grader's finger painting effort in comparison. But Cody, you ask, what is this truly epic podcast? And what is it about? I'm not exactly sure, but I can tell you this. In life, the great hero Hercules faced 12 labors. He fought the Nemean Lion, the Lernian Hydra, the Cerberus, the Hellhound of Hades. He stole the girdle from Hippolyta, queen of the Amazons. He even traded barbs with an animated James Woods, and his sucker punched the mighty Thor in the face. But now, he faces a greater challenge than all of those tests combined into one giant ball of challenge. Now, Herc must face off against his most challenging foe in Pulp Podcast Network's thrilling new show. Coming soon to a speaker near you, we hope you enjoy Hercules vs. the Podcast. Hercules possessed a strength the world had never seen. Oh, I 
Hercules, 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 Hercules. Hercules, deliver us from this curse. Hercules, strongest man of No man is superior to Hercules. This is a Flexco production.